I was thinking about traveling uh, because of our passage this morning, and uh, we travel a lot of times for recreation, for excitement, for uh, doing things that um, are going to somehow enrich our lives. And in the scripture, we really don't have that. It's really not there. Um, when they traveled, there was purpose to it. It was too costly and too dangerous to do just for fun. And so, uh, you know, when they lived in tents, they lived in tents. And for us, we think that's fun for a little while. Um, at least it is. Yeah. Anyways, um, those of you who like tent cab camping, you can stay where you are. You know, I'm not going to try to convince you otherwise. But uh, this morning, I just want you to remember that in the scriptures, when you read the Bible, that traveling was not a good deal. It was not a good deal. It wasn't something they did for fun. It was something that was hard. Uh, It was physically draining. Uh, It was something that was costly, and it took uh, um, loads of preparation. And you think about how, um, you know, they didn't have minivans with cargo carriers on top, you know, and they, they didn't have rest stops and they didn't have Starbucks, a thousand Starbucks between here and there, uh, bathroom. You think about all the things that we have that make travel easy, um, including the, the mere roads that we travel uh, make life easy. And so uh, to, to really think this through is that th- this idea of traveling uh, was a dangerous and it was something that was uh, a fearful event uh, that as they went about they were hoping and praying that God would see them through and they were wondering what would happen to them on the road. Uh, it's a natural time for us to think ahead uh, and to reflect on the past. I, I was even thinking about New Year's resolutions and uh, most New Year's resolutions, they probably shouldn't be called that, They should be called um, past year's repentance, right? The things I did wrong in the last year, let's not do those again. I was wrong. I was wrong. God, help me not to do those things again in the following year. Repentance. Um, But it's natural for us to think ahead of events. Like uh, if you... Some of you do a year in review, you look at pictures and you put them together and you think about your kids and your grandkids, what happened to them this year. And um, you're wondering, uh, you, you can look at year by year by year and you realize that some of the events that happened in previous years could also happen next year or something totally different. Uh, both what we would see as good and a blessing and other things that would be hard and challenging difficult things Uh, some of you have had a difficult 2019 it's been uh, filled with things that uh, were hard for you to get through and uh, it's always interesting we we look at challenges and we want to go through them elegantly Uh, I always think about um, this one picture some of you have seen this picture Uh, it's from the Olympics and it's Usain Bolt uh, uh, this amazing sprinter from Africa and uh, he was so good, he was so good that he was so far ahead that at the end of the race, uh, he looks aside and he smiles as he's going. And somebody caught this picture and it, everything's blurry and it shows his, and he, he's making it look easy, you know. And that's kind of how we like to think of ourselves as going through trials. But I've never seen myself in a picture like that. 
Uh, it's always been kind of fumbling and looking haggard and dragging across the finish line. Most of the time in second, third, or fourth, right? depending on how many people were in the race. <laughs> this morning, why don't you turn in your Bibles to Psalm 46. Um, and as we look at the Old Testament, we realize that the Messiah has not come. Uh, we've celebrated the birth of the Messiah, Jesus. And so they all, all that they knew was the, the God of Jacob in the Old Testament, the, the God who had called them uh, to be a people, and uh, they had trusted in Him, and they trusted in His plan, and they realized that He was the one. And so they trusted in the God of Jacob. And uh, it's interesting this morning, as uh, Zach has chosen some of the songs that we're going to sing, um, and even the one we're going to end up with, we realize now that because of Jesus, because of His um, sinless life, His death on the cross, His resurrection, and us being able to trust in Him, that we have relationship with the God of the Old Testament through His Son, Jesus. And that's why we trust in Him today. Uh, if you'd stand in honor of God's Word, I'd like to read to you Psalm 46. You want to uh, know what it is to be a terrified pastor? It's to look at a passage you think you're going to preach and it has totally different words than you. you. Let's pray. Let's uh, read God's word and trust that he will teach us through it. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though, uh, though its waters roar and foam, uh, Though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There's a river whose streams make glad the city of God. The holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. He shall not be moved. God will help her when the morning dawns. The nations rage. The kingdoms totter. He utters His voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come behold the works of the Lord, how He has brought desolation on the earth. He he makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. God, we do ask that you would teach us through your word. May this be a great encouragement to us as we consider the new year. God, help us. Help us to trust not on our own devices and our own resources. God, I pray your great encouragement to us that we would walk with you this year. God, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Why do you become afraid? You think about it, kids, we've got some kids here today. What, what makes you afraid? And you say, well, I don't know. I just get afraid. Sometimes I get afraid. Um, it, it's not something I think about. Most of the time, we, we think about things before we do them. Sometimes. Uh, we say, oh, I, I want to do this, so I'm going to go do it. Fear just comes over us, right? Uh, we get afraid and we just respond in fear. As you think about that, uh, 
it's not that we did all the math or anything like that. Now is a great time to become afraid. It's just a response that immediately says to us, and uh, we, we watch what's happening, we see what's going on, and we say, I, I'm not going to make it. I, I'm afraid I, I'm, I'm just going to come up short. It doesn't look like this is going to turn out well for me. Kids, uh, you have that. Uh, it might be from small things or even big things, but I, I want to, maybe this isn't encouraging to you, but parents, grandparents, they're afraid of all kinds of things. Uh, sometimes of you and what you're going to, uh, what next steps you're going to make. It's kind of that feeling of that someone or something is going to get us. And maybe as you look out into the future, you got some things out there uh, that maybe even on your calendar that you're dreading. Uh, you're, you say, I got you know, an appointment in January, or I got this event in uh, June or July. Uh, maybe next year at this time, this is going to happen. Maybe you got some things on your calendar that you're afraid of. But then there's other things. If you sit long enough and think about what could happen this year, you could, fear could well up in you real quickly, right? Uh, and it could cause you to say, I don't want to do anything. I, I don't want to leave my house uh, because of what could happen if I do. Fortunately, there's some stuff that could happen at your house too, um, not to ruin your plans. This morning, uh, I want to give to you a psalm. I didn't write it. Um, it's not something that came up from my mind, but it's the Word of God. And it's something that you can hold on to this year. Something that will hopefully grant you courage even today as you think about the days ahead. I, I want to, Before I get moving in that, I, I want to remind you of one thing. You don't need to listen to the Word of God. You, you, you don't need... This is Psalm 46. You can say, I, I, I want to... I don't want it. I don't want it. Um, I'm going to do what I want to do this year. I want to tell you, good luck to you. Good luck to you. You're, you're, um, if you don't want to listen to God this year, uh, if you want to just kind of trust in your own ideas and resources and maybe uh, things that you can come up with, you and your friends or your family, I just want to say good luck to you. And we'll be here. Lord willing to pick up the pieces later. And I mean that. I mean that. If, you, if your family falls apart this year, if your marriage falls apart, if you are struggling and lost and depressed, we're here for you. Uh, we don't want you to go down that path. Uh, but if you choose to, we're here for you. Don't, don't uh, let your pride get in the way. Um, sometimes people say, well, I, I don't want you to know uh, how messed up we are. And I, I just want to encourage you. We're never, uh, we're never surprised at that. Not because we look at your weakness, but we know our own weakness. And apart from God, uh, we all would be a mess and a disaster. That was a commercial. Um, Psalm 46, verse 1. The first, point, first few verses there, verses 1 through 3. In 2020, our God matters. It starts out and it says, God is our refuge and our strength. If you can picture yourself on the road, um, this is 
kind of what they were fearing. They were fearing. They were fearing that there would be that word refuge, and it's going to continue with this theme of refuge, fortress, fortress, okay? This is what God is to you, a refuge, a fortress, and a fortress, okay? Uh, The picture here is this, is a safe place. If you're afraid of what could happen to you out on the road, the elements, wild animals, robbers, whatever's out on the road, in your travels, if you're afraid of that, you're looking for safe places. You're looking for that, that covering. And the psalmist writes this, he says, God is our refuge. He's the one. He's the one. Our God will be the one that should matter most to you. It will make the difference. It will be the deciding factor. God is our refuge. He he uses the other word strength. And that's one of our fears too is I'm not going to be strong enough. And I want to tell you, you're not going to be strong enough. Your strength will run out. Uh, There there will be that feeling of uh, you're lacking power or you're running out of gas. Uh, both being things that uh, are bad deals, right? If you're going up the hill and you realize it's just too steep, you can't go. Or the, the idea that you've been going so long and you run out of fuel. I want to tell you that uh, the psalmist realizes this, this one thing, that God's our safe place, but He's also the strength that we're going to need for the journey. God is our refuge and strength, and He says a very present help in trouble. His presence is with you. Uh, if you get into trouble this year, and some of you are we're, we're going to be in trouble, right? Uh, we can take courage in that, that He's with us in a special way. Uh, I love sharing this to people who are in the hospital bed, because it feels like when you are in a hospital that you're, you're in a desperate place, and it says, God's here with you. He's with you. In this desperate situation, and that's true for other things as well that you would have on the road, that God's with you as you're with Him and as you have a relationship with Him, as you've trusted in Him as your refuge and your strength. He is with you, and He's always with you in that trouble. Um, As you look at this, it progresses, and it says, because of verse 1, the rest is true as well. Therefore, we will not fear. Uh, it it, it could look a little crazy, right? Because if you're in a bad situation, uh, you're in trouble, the natural response is to fear. You should be afraid. And people will say, you know, isn't this the time you should freak out? Isn't this the time that you should, uh, you know, get reckless? And the answer is no. Why? Because God is my refuge and my strength, and He's with me. His presence is with me in the midst of trouble. What a great promise. And because of that promise, we will not fear. We will not fear. It it makes sense to fear if it was just me, but it's not just me. I have my God. He loves me. He cares for me. He's a safe place for me. Um, We will not fear. And then he gives two examples of things that would cause us to fear. He he says in verse uh, 2, Though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea. That's a very real possibility here in California, right? Could happen at any moment. I, I was talking to a man in our community, and I don't, you know, 
it's always interesting to talk to people who have some crazy ideas. Um, he, he asked where I lived, and he said, uh, I said, well, I, I live right over there. He says, oh, I think you'll be okay. <laughs> he says, I think we're going to get a tsunami here one of these days. I've had these things, and, and I think that it, and it's going to come. And I'm like, and I, I walked away and go, man, that's ridiculous. I wonder if it is going to happen, you know. <laughs> you know. You go, huh? You know, if, if this happened in the scripture here, this picture of uh, the mountains falling into the heart of the sea and the, the earth give way, you know, that the, the, the picture there would be frightening. But it doesn't have to be for us. In fact, there's this sense that God, God's got that. Even if, you know, we're good. His example two in verse three, it says this. He says, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. It's, it's an amazing thing to watch the power of the water. And at different places we see waterfalls or uh, the ocean. And I, I think all of us enjoy watching the, you know, the largest waves in the world and these people surfing on them. And uh, I, I like watching that. I've never tried I don't even like going into the, you know, I don't like that feeling, but I go, man, that's crazy, you know. Uh, but we, we see the power of water, and it could cause us to fear, but he says, no, no. We won't fear. Why? Because God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in time of trouble. That's why we won't fear. It's not because we're enough. It's because he's enough, and he will be the one that matters. If you look to the future and you look to the next year, you might uh, have a tendency or a, um, this feeling of, oh, it's time to be fearful. I want to tell you, because of our God, our God will make the difference. He will be the one that matters for you if you'll trust Him. Which brings us to number two, uh, starting at verse four there. It says this, There's a river that... Uh, whose streams make glad the city of God, uh, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her uh, when the morning dawns. There's a picture here, and I just say it, the second point being this. In, in 2020, the river matters. The river matters. Um, he goes from this idea of powerful waters that destroy to now a river that blesses. A river whose streams come into the city. And you can, you can picture part of the, uh, in the Old Testament, in primitive times where they would go and uh, lay siege on a city, they would go attack a city. Uh, most cities had a wall of some sort. We re- read that in Ezra and Nehemiah about the wall and the, the temples within the wall. And the, this picture is the wall is to protect against uh, those who would come against it. Well, one of the ways to ruin a city is if they don't have any water. They don't have any water. If, the, if within the city the, the water supply is gone, then the city's gone. And it's only a matter of time until they will have to come out and fight or give themselves up. And so the idea of a, a, a stream going in, a river that's going in, and this is the picture here, that God will uh, be the river or send the river. There, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. You have a river going into the city of God. Uh, God's place provided for in God's ways. Okay, that stream coming in, that river. 
and the Most High dwells there. God is within her. And because of that, she will not fall. God will help her the break of day. You get that picture here is this, that God is a help. He is a provision for you. You say, well, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to make it. I'm telling you, the provision of God, His water, His protection, uh, His presence will be with you. Um, as you look at this, it's not the, reminding yourself of the previous verses, not like the menacing seas, uh, the, the idea that the seas will come and wipe us out, but now this river will come, a life-giving river, a water supply in the city. And kind of this picture, too, is that there's a jealousy of other cities as they look upon this and they go, man, I'd love to live there. Love to be there. I'd love to be in the city of God with all my needs taken care of, with a a strength that will cause me not to fall. It's interesting that part of what it is to walk with God is an onlooking world looks at us and uh, there's a jealousy, not necessarily of relationship, they should, but that God is with us and helps us in our times of trouble. As you see this, uh, God's people are amply supplied and God's presence is there and the city is His. Um, Let let me just stop there and just say this. One of the problems that we might have is that we're trying to build our own city. Trying to do our own thing. We're trying to be the master of our own destiny and create our own little kingdom. And we are many times saying, I'm going to do this. God, could you provide for me while I do what I want to do? I want to tell you that the Scripture goes back to all the time. This idea that our life, our existence here, the plan is God's. Uh, Your selfishness will not lead you to a good spot. If you... You say, uh, my resolution for 2020 is to get everything I want. I want to tell you, that's going to be a bad deal. If your agenda this year is made up on the things that just you want to do, the the things that you think about what's going to be great for you, I'm going to tell you, it's not going to work out well. It's God's city. It's His dwelling place. It's His uh, glory that we are seeking after and doing. And so as we look at this, we realize 2020, the river matters. It's interesting, too, as he goes on, there, uh, the river is different than the nations. The nations. He talks about cities, but now he talks even about nations. And he says this, uh, looking down at verse 6, he says, The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. Uh, he utters his voice and the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Um, in, in verse 6, it talks about the nations. And, and there's God's people, there's God's city, if you will, and the nations, and the nations out there. And it doesn't matter how big the nation is. It doesn't matter how, you know, if they're uh, socialists or capitalists or whatever. Um, doesn't matter if they've been there a long time or a short period of time. The description of what happens in nations in verse 6 is that they rage. They're fighting all the time. you have any examples of that? Cold wars, hot wars? 
you know. Uh, there, there's, you know, there's nations that act out as the Hatfields and the McCoys, right? Generations, and they don't know why they're mad at each other. They just are. Um, and we see that over and over again. It says the kingdoms totter, right? It's this idea that they are, are not stable. Uh, can you think of countries right now that are not stable? Some of you would say, United States. <laughs> um, in some ways, uh, I, I want to tell you that uh, we do think that we are stable and we are confident in our, our system. It could all come crashing down. It could all come crashing down in an instant. Uh, not because of men, but because of God. Um, it says in this, the nations rage, the kingdoms totter, but He utters His voice and the earth melts. Um, sometimes we see the world out of control and we go, man, has God lost control? I want to tell you that this verse describes just Him uttering His voice and the earth melts. Okay, So don't think for an instant that God uh, as part of his plan, is still not over and willing and ready uh, to bring about his judgment. Verse 7 is kind of a conclusion, uh, a, a middle of the chapter conclusion, and it brings about this word, and it's going to say it again at the end, verse 11. But verse 7 says this, The Lord of hosts is with us. We have his presence, and the God of Jacob is our fortress. That uh, identification of the God of Jacob is there were many gods. There were many gods, so it wasn't enough to say God. Uh, so many times they identified it with their forefathers. The same God that was Jacob's is the same God now. Uh, and we can say that as well today that we uh, worship the God of Jacob. That's that same God. Um, and you could also say to the, your friends around you that you worship uh, God of Larry. <laughs> And uh, we're so thankful that uh, it's the God of Jimmy. And like we together, we worship the same God. We have an identification of Him through relationship. We see this and we realize that God's provision through the river, uh, He is providing. And so if you consider your provisions for the next year, both of resources and time and energy and heart, that you feel like you're going to run out. I want to tell you that if we, as we trust in God, there's that river that comes to provide for us. Lastly, we see in verse 8, it says, Come behold, and I'll just say this, in 2020, the dwelling, uh, dwelling on the one is what will matter for you. Dwelling on the one is what will matter for you. Verse 8 says this, Come and see, come and see. And I, I just say to you uh, that you need to look deeply on the works of God. What He's done for you, what He's done for others, what He's done in His Word. Come and see. Come and see. Uh, there, there's this picture you know, of us. What we're staring at will eventually become what we're thinking, right? And if we're staring at the sins of this world, we're staring at selfish and... Um, things that are driven by pride, if we're staring at those things, those things will become the thing that we worship. But if you look at verse 8, it says, come and see what the Lord has done. Um, it, it's going to go on to say really specific things that He has done in conquering. I, the gist of this section is that He has won the victory every time. 
When he decides to act, he acts decisively and he always wins. He always wins. And for us to dwell upon that, uh, verse 8 says this, See, see what the Lord has done, the desolations He has brought on the earth. When He decides to act, you look at the Old Testament, and uh, when God des- desires to bring out His judgment and His destruction, it, it happens, right? He wins every time. Uh, he brings about uh, His destruction, His desolation. Uh, really, the picture there is He is the one to be feared. It's not, it's not other nations, it's not other people, it's not other events. He's the one to be feared. Um, he, he also, he brings about desolation, but in verse 9, he makes wars cease to the ends of the earth, right? The, the, the complete opposite is true as well. When God decides to act, he says, peace treaty right now, done, war's over. You say, well, how can he do that? He can because he is over all. He is the one that stops wars. He has control to do so. Verse 9, He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. And it says, He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. Um, There's some... You look at that, it says He also burns the shields with fire. And the translation, it also can be translated chariots with fire. The picture there is this, that uh, when, when God desires to disarm people, it happens, right? Uh, we have quite a few people in uh, you know defense industry here today, and you're always thinking of better ways to defend our country, and I'm glad you're there. I'm glad you're smart. I'm glad you're, you're doing those things. But when God decides to disarm us, He's going to do it. It doesn't matter if we have the... F-95, right? Uh, or something greater and bigger than anybody's ever figured out. I want to tell you that he looks at our weaponry and he says, that's not going to work anymore. I disarm you. God is in charge of those things. That he is the one that uh, will disarm uh, the enemy. He breaks the bow. Uh, And so, because of all this, look at verse 10. Uh, Because God is great like this, He he is the one, He says, come and see what the Lord has done. Verse 10 is the response to this. He says, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. I've visited some of you in the hospital. And many times I go to Psalm 46 and I end with this. And I say, be still and know that I'm God. I want you to hear this. And you know why I do that in the hospital? Because I, I sense that you're freaking out. And I want you to remember that your God is with you. I, 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 this is a reminder to us that, uh, you know, frantic, be, becoming frantic, freaking out, and, and, and going down all these trails of bad things that could happen and uh, trusting in our own devices. It's just a bad deal. And He's the one whose greatness needs to be acknowledged. He's the one that, as we dwell on Him, as we consider Him, uh, it says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. He, He is... He is lifted up by His power. 
He's the one that we should dwell. And it, it, it's the picture that, that everything is going on chaotic around us. It, go back to those first verses, the, the foaming and the quaking, going in the heart of the sea. He, he looks at all these things and he says, man, those are reasons to fear. He says, no, be still. Know that I am God. Consider your God. Consider what he has done in the past. Consider what he's done in the scriptures, in your friends, your family, and in your life. Consider that. And then be still and, and know that He's your God. He's the one. Really, the idea here is just think about that. Think about that. Think about Him. Dwell on Him. I see verse 11, and I see this really as the summary conclusion. He's already spoken it, uh, it in verse 7. Um, The summary conclusion goes like this. The Lord Almighty is with us. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. I would just end with these two things. He's with us. He's with us. We are not alone. We are not alone. In your travels this year, the things that go on, the things that you you get to and have to face, you're, you're not alone. You're not alone. The Lord Almighty, the one who has all the power of the world, the one who has uh, got strength enough for us, is with us. He's with us. We're not alone. If you think you're alone, there's reason to fear. But if you know the Lord Almighty is with you, you can have confidence that you'll be able to make it through. So he's with us. He reiterates it by saying this. The God of Jacob is our fortress, the fortress, our safe place. You're safe. You're safe. I want to point out something to you. It starts out, God is our refuge. He's our safe place, right? Fortress, a little bit different word, but it's the idea that like it's this strong, it, it, it focuses on the strength, right? Pictures himself in the city. The walls are thick. You, they're impenetrable. You can't get in. He's our fortress, I just want to say, in conclusion, refuge, fortress, fortress, right? This is who God is to us. We're safe not because we're strong. We're not safe because we're in a gated community. We're packing heat. Uh, we're not safe because we got a lot of dough. We're smart. It's not safe because of any of that. We're safe because the God of Jacob is our fortress. Please join with me in prayer. God, thank you for this morning and thank you for being all that you are to us. God, forgive us in our childishness to think that we can somehow, some way, do our own thing, make it on our own. Uh, God, forgive us for our pride. Forgive us. Forgive us for our bad ideas that say, I don't have to listen to you, God. I, I, have, my, I have a better idea. You don't understand my situation. God, forgive us. God, cause us to cling to you as a child would cling to his father's hand, knowing that because of my relationship with you and you holding on to me, you will be enough for me in this coming year. God, grant us grace for this year. Grant us your power and strength. Thank you that you are our fortress. We pray all this in your son Jesus' name. Amen.